Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. My name is Promise, and you're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us, but before we get into the Word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for revealing your secrets to us, Lord, mm-hmm. so that we know them, Lord, and we're able to share them with other people, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for just giving us this opportunity to come together and fellowship together. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome, everybody. We're glad to have you with us as we move forward in our study of the book of Acts. And this morning, we are in chapter 3. And we're going to cover, so can I get a volunteer for the first 12 verses, please? I will. All right, Layla. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, so he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Amen. So, we're going to open up the floor to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and of course to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I have a quick question, Dad. Are we going to verse 12? Yes. Oh, read the rest of the other two verses, then, Layla. I thought so. But I was like, maybe I missed oh. something. Okay. <laughs> maybe he changed his mind. Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Amen. Thank you. I was Sorry, focused Dad. on the miracle and, and got distracted from the, the key part of giving the glory to God since he's the one that did it. Yes. So forgive me. But now, the floor is open. So who would like to begin? Okay, very quickly, I'd like to say something. What the Lord showed me here was he's saying that, first of all, uh, it says that the man was laying from his mother's womb. Mother's womb. And he was saying that there was two miracles happening. First, the fact that he was evil, able to stand, but then how could he walk unless first trained? The Lord had to do that supernaturally so he had the ability to walk. Amen. If you look at a baby, they don't know how to walk unless they're first told, 
Okay, move your leg like this. Oh, you don't tell them. They, you practice with them because they don't understand. <laughs> you, you hold their little hands or they grab onto something and edge around it and practice taking baby steps and then they get their balance and off they go with some fall downs in the, the middle. <laughs> That's very quickly. I like that. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. That's observant. What else? We'll take that out. So when God heals something, he heals it all the way. Mm, yes. Right, because part of what's happening with the babies is their muscles aren't developed. So they don't have any stabilizer muscles. They don't have any muscle to actually hold their body up. So when he restored him, he restored him fully. Mm-hmm. Right. And yes. gave them some ability, like um, knowledge or like that kind of skill to take steps. <clears throat> Didn't say he ran away, but, you know. He leaped. Yay. Well. But there's always healing in the mind when healing takes place, isn't it? Just the yes, faith amen. to receive the healing. So yes. Hmm. What else? That's amazing. Okay, I'd like to go. Okay. Okay, first Lord's talking to me about verse seven where he says, And he took him up by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And so the Lord's talking to me about how every, everybody has to have their own faith. It's mm-hmm. not the faith of the person healing you. And the Lord reminded me of an example. If Dad says, I can go outside and play around, I have to go outside and open the door. I just can't sit by the door and go, I don't understand why the door's not opening. Okay. So you have to have some works that go along with your faith. So like if, if Peter reached out his hand and, and John, they, and they tried to pull him up, but he left his legs limp and <laughs> refused to stand up. You know, he just kind of hung there. He didn't have corresponding actions to go with his faith. Right? Yes. yes. So, okay. Amen. It, go ahead, sir. If then the Lord is telling me that with faith that there's, on faith there's the regular faith, that's how it's supposed to be, but also there's two extremes. There's one where you're just hoping, oh, I hope or I wish this is going to happen, mm-hmm. but when you do that, that's not really faith. And the Lord reminds me of when you say, I wish this is going to happen, that you're saying, if only this could happen, then I'd be able to do this. Not saying, this is going to happen. Give me a little bit more clarity. Right. Can you explain that with more detail? You got there, a lot sir? of this and that in there. So if you're believing God for, let's say, more money, you go, I wish I had more money. You're saying the circumstances and allowing me to have more money. So I am not able to receive the money. But if you, but if you have the faith for it and you go, well, the Lord promised me this, so I'm taking it by faith. Okay, and so then you're looking for opportunities. You're yes. going and doing the work that God brings to your hand to do. You're asking Holy Spirit for guidance and then obeying what he tells you concerning that. It's probably some sowing seed involved. Okay. But there, there is a, a little bit of a contrast here as I'm processing this. So if we look at um, Jesus and the, the beggar at the pool of Shalom, right? Mm-hmm. He was looking for healing. 
He was mm-hmm. he he was kind of whining because nobody will put me in the pool, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when they stir it up, so I can't mm-hmm. get healed, right? So mm-hmm. he was looking for it, but it says here in verse five, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms, and Peter recognized him as did John, um, and he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Mm-hmm. So he was looking for a handout. He wasn't. He, mm-hmm. the, the scripture doesn't say he was looking to be healed or he had faith to be healed. Mm-hmm. To say anything and doesn't say and by his faith he did it either. Mm-hmm. There's, there's times where there's scripture Jesus talked about couldn't do many miracles because they didn't have or he couldn't do he didn't do would be a better way to say it. No, but he couldn't because, right, because he didn't faith, have, right. But yeah. it doesn't say that he had faith at all in this. But I'll say this: this is what I know about God and His character and His nature. He sees things in our heart that we don't necessarily know mm-hmm. are there. You think about this man who's been laid here, how many years out of his life? And as you brought up, LaCharles, that the Lord did a special miracle. Give, like, not only was he now able to walk, but he knew how to walk. How many times did he watch legs go by him and dream about his legs doing that? I mean, we take it, us, us walking people, take it for granted because we're like, yeah, you just do it. Get on the ground. You know what I mean? They, they just do it, and we don't even think about our legs or walking. But being... You think he's probably sat on the ground on a mat or something of that nature. Perfect sight to see everybody else's legs go by or their little little tunics being kicked out and their legs are under there and him thinking and dreaming about what would it be like for me to walk or imagining that. So there was faith there. And if the Lord was able to do this miracle for him, then obviously what God needed in, a, in order to do this was available whether he knew it or not, he might've just been like, this is where I am. That's all right. Just give me some silver. Give me what you got. But in his heart, there was something else going on. And something I love about the Lord, because he sees the heart, he's able to take that and do miracles. So whatever was in him, whatever he was thinking about was enough for the door to be flung open for this, because if he didn't want it, If he had no desire for it, he would have been laying on that rug or whatever for the rest of his life. How many other beggars or uh, disabled or deformed people did Jesus pass by in his ministry that weren't healed? Because they probably didn't want it. But the ones that said, son of David, have mercy on me. Right? Yes. Um, Even the, the little man that you brought up. That was by the pool. The Lord sent him over there because the God saw his heart. Hey, speak it. Give him a chance. Is he going to get over himself and take the miracle because he was feeling sorry for himself? So I love that about Jesus. He sees what we don't see. And when there's a door open for him, he knows how to come on in. Mm-hmm. I think what both you and Dean were bringing up is is the key thing, right? As we look at this, uh, verse 5, it says that, well, now he, he the, the lame man, fixed his eyes on, on him, right? Uh, what John Peter said, look at us. But then in verse 5 is the key. He gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Right? He didn't necessarily, as you were pointing out, honey, know what he was going to receive. He, 
He thought one thing, but the the faith that you see expressed is he expected to receive. Whatever you got, I'm going to get some of it. <laughs> but do we not see this throughout Christ's ministry? People, how many, said this is the issue, if you will, right? As in, here's a problem I'm Here facing. is a problem I'm facing. Okay. Here is the issue. Even in Christ during his ministry. Did he always address that thing? Some He did. But he got to the core of what the issue was. He always addresses Always the addresses the spirit, soul, and body. Hmm. Not just the, say, surface thing that we see or have begun begun become focused on and let's let's clarify that a little bit so when there is because god sees the heart when he speaks with us he always speaks at the core of that the root is where the life comes from of any circumstance or situation that we face and then when god brings restoration he brings restoration spirit soul and body Mm -hmm. right even if that includes saying go and sin no more Drive that out of your life, driving sin out of the situation because that's what you need to be released. So he speaks to the heart of the matter. Amen. In all things. And he restores all things. He is a complete, whole, and entire God who lacks nothing. He doesn't do surface jobs. He doesn't do sweep it under the rug. He gets to the, the nitty gritty, as my mommy would say, um, and he gets to the root of it. And he does a, an entire work so that you are able to go forward and move forward in life, which is often why he would say um, your, your faith, you know, has, has brought this about for you and then go and sin no more. Or I forgive you, right, addressing that so that the person has everything they need or the woman with the issue of blood telling her to go and be made whole and things of that nature after she had already touched the hem of his garment. Mm-hmm. Or the uh, the blind man Bartimaeus, who clearly was not blind after that, right? What do you mm-hmm. want me to do for you? And the blind man said, uh, that I may receive my sight. So what did Jesus say? Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus down the road. And you see the, similar, uh, the similarities here. This lame man now gets up and is celebrating. And verse 8 says he, he uh, this formerly lame man, leaped up, stood and walked, and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Mm-hmm. But what were the, the disciples doing? Well, now apostles. Excuse me. Exactly what the Lord had commanded them to do. Or even way back in uh, Matthew 10, when he sent them out. He sent out the twelve. Mm-hmm. Right, and he says, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. Do we not see the same things that we've been discussing here that Jesus had already given them instruction on? And I mean here next, that we've been talking about between the end of chapter 2 and now into chapter 3. 
The exact same things Jesus addressed the first time he sent them out. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's what they're doing. Now they're not going all over the countryside. They're going to the temple, just like Jesus did. It wasn't that his, his testimony. I, went, I was with you daily teaching in the temple. Why didn't you say or do anything to me then? Right? Yes. yes. Okay. So now they are going to the place that Jesus was ministering. Clearly that's where they were led, right? Yes. yes. But they're still continuing to follow the instructions that, and the, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit that they have received. Yes? Yes. But then what's the result? People were able to receive what they needed. Uh, the Lord was able to work through them mm-hmm. to make sure that people received what they needed. Absolutely. Because that's, a, that's an, an important distinction, that we remember that it doesn't come from us. As uh, verse 12 says, as though by our own power or godliness... We had men made this man walk. It, there's there's two things about saying power and godliness. It's not our our natural ability, right, to do it, or our piety. I'm doing everything right that you asked me, God. Now I can have this. Now you're going to work this through me. It's about the goodness of God. Okay. Yes, we strive to yes. live our life in a way that we. Um, live by the righteous standard of God and we are not willfully sinning against him and our righteousness doesn't now entitle us or make it owed to us or give us extra ability Mm. right that it it keeps us from the wicked one absolutely but it doesn't make us now because we are perfect we're in our own righteousness now we can hold that before God and say do these things it doesn't work that way it is his good his goodness and it is only through God, um, through Jesus Christ, by the grace of God, that this is working through them. And so mm-hmm. sometimes it's easy to lose that distinction in there, but it's important that we keep that before our eyes because when we forget the source, then our ability and our connection is cut off, right? Our our and I yes. say ability, but the Holy Spirit moving through us in that way to accomplish his purpose. When you start thinking it's about you, now God's got to pull you over to the side. You know, get, your, get you on the side of the road and have a conversation and get you back on track. Okay? so Or, yes. or the event, right? That's, that's why I said, hey, forgive me at the beginning of this episode. Because uh, I knew this is what we were going to be reading and discussing. Mm-hmm. And I was focused on, okay, this this is the miracle. But when we had said, hey, let's cover this section of scripture, because that's what the Lord was leading, I focused on the miracle, not the full piece, which was giving thanks to the Lord, giving the honor and the credit and the glory where it's due. As you just pointed out, honey. They didn't do it to themselves, right? And that's why they ask, why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we made this man walk and what did he say he had to give him 
I was back in verse six. Silver and gold. <laughs> what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise and walk. Amen. So, as it, which is an interesting line or statement, right? Yes. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Of course, Jesus Christ or the Messiah is the anointed one, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But what else yes. is happening there? He was clarifying which one, because the which name is common. Ex- well, could be common. Yes, and, and I say it this way, um, because they have familial names. So mm-hmm. there's like John, 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 and then there's variations of that same name. There is. Absolutely. And scripturally, that's how they named people. That's and in certain cultures, I, John the, the name Baptist Jesus comes a up a lot. Yes. Right. So, um, and his name can actually be written in various ways just because of how their culture is like Joshua and um, Jonathan and things of that nature there's commonality in there's those names so clarifying and being distinctive of which one it's not Jesus bar um, Barsabbas or who the other one was <laughs> right we have scriptural yes. reference to it somebody else named Jesus so we're saying no no not them not just anybody there's no new it's this one Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus the Messiah who came from Nazareth, the one who fulfilled the scriptures. Which, so there's two things that, that happen in that statement. Are you ready? Yes. yes. The first is acknowledging not only who he is as in his deity, right? He's, yes. he's God, he's the Messiah, right? Also acknowledging him coming to earth as a man. All right? Yes. And there's also the additional piece of prophecy, which is in Isaiah 11. Now, of course, you'd have to study out the, the root words, and we've talked about this in, in at least one previous episode. Uh, Isaiah 11, 1. And there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Right? Yes. A rod, stem, and a branch. Sorry. A rod, a branch, and roots. If you, and this is in Hebrew, if you look at the core of each of those words, they are roots of Nazareth. So it's, also connecting it to scripture and prophetically given words about who Jesus is. Okay? Yes. Yes. So both things are happening there, which is incredible. But again, they're making the people aware and giving them the opportunity to connect with the Lord, and just like this man, to receive him. Right? That's what he was looking to receive. Well, there's nothing better to receive than the Lord as God and acknowledging him as that he came as a man. Yes. That, that is, that must happen. To receive him fully, we, we must acknowledge those things. 
And as we will cover in a, in a later future episode here, he states that he's God, so he's back up in heaven, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, got to be aware of these things. But it, again, it's pointing out how he, how this Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus Christ of Nazareth is different from every other person named Jesus. Mm-hmm. This they, one is God. Amen. And they also would have a had a habit of involving God into their names, like Adonijah and things like that. So Elijah, right? Exactly. Yes. So Isaiah. That was common practice to reference God in the names that they were naming their children, which is great. It, that, that's quite lovely. Mm-hmm. Let God pick the names for your children. Amen. Um, but this one, this Jesus, amen. Mm-hmm. This one is different. He's the Messiah. All right. Isn't that what the woman at the well said? Yes. I met a man, and this one told me all about myself. Right? Told me yes. everything about myself. There, so she acknowledged the same thing. There was something different. Clearly, she came. That something is that he's God. It's not a light something. But that is the main thing. That he's God and there is none other. Amen. And there's not salvation through any other. Amen. So, I know we're coming up on time, but does anyone have anything else that the Holy Spirit is ministering to them? I just had one thing. I'll, I'll yeah, brother. <clears throat> kind of uh, put a bow on what uh, LaCharles was saying. Um, my screen just changed. When it tells him to, um, when they're telling the beggar to rise up, mm-hmm. the uh, the word for that is igiro, uh, to wake, arouse, to raise up, probably akin to the base word agora, through the idea of collecting one's faculties. So there certainly was a change of mind mm-hmm. as well as mm-hmm. um, the actual physical getting up as well. It's just lovely how the Greek and the Hebrew and all is just such a more expansive yep. and descriptive language. And as it goes on, it says, and figuratively, um, to rouse from sleep, sitting, lying, or from disease. Or we can add death, right? Yeah, death is. What there. did Jesus say yeah. to the to the the little girl? Talitakum, little girl, arise. Right. Same thing, right? So coming from death, or that mindset, a dead mindset, now into life. Yeah, but into what Charles about, uh, about the um, the two miracles. They had had the mind now to be able to walk, mm-hmm. and the exactly phys- the physique as well. So there's mm-hmm. there's more happening here. So the words mm-hmm. are just pretty powerful. That's all. Amen, brother. Glory to God. Thank you, Dean. I appreciate it. Amen. That. Well, let's pause there for today, and with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing in our lives, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that we get to be a blessing to other people, Lord. That we can go out and do your will for somebody else, Lord. Somebody that you may have said, I'm going to bless you, Lord. That we can be the vessel that you choose to go off and do that. Lord, we also just thank you for entrusting us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. And with the wisdom and knowledge that he brings with them. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day.
We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayer's morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a day of prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.